Welcome to Let It Grow Investing, the financial investing and small business podcast that is not run by a professional investor. I am Jeff, and thank you for stopping by. We're going to cover all the news you need to know to make sense of the market, helping you get invested, stay the course, and on your way to financial freedom. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the show. It is uh, early Saturday morning, so I've got a warm cup of coffee, and uh, I guess we can dive right into it. But uh, if you do not have an account set up or you're looking to start a a second account, there's some uh, great links in the description to help get you started. We've got uh, the Webull link for fractional shares if you're looking to put in a smaller amount every week. and follow along with the Let It Grow Investing Challenge for 22. You can do that. Uh, I believe right now they have three or you get 12 shares valued between three and $3,000 for depositing any amount. So that's definitely a good link to uh, take advantage of. And then uh, if you're looking for more of a full service brokerage, I've got my E-Trade link uh, for a, a full service broker. And also I've got uh, crypto.com and Binance if you are interested in crypto trading. Uh, so with that being said, um, what happened this week, man? We were looking at uh, some great rallies coming into October. You know, Monday, Tuesday, we were up, what, 5 6 7%. And uh, it seemed like we were just, you know, making that pivot. We were going to, you know, really hit the ground running for the Q4. But... Um, yeah, that uh, that kind of fizzled out, and uh, on Friday we definitely saw some more selling. So, what happened, and why uh, why the big sell off, why the big change of heart? And uh, one of the problems here is that the uh, the the payroll or non farm payroll numbers came in for uh, September, and we were expecting uh, two hundred fifty thousand, and we got two hundred sixty three thousand on that actual number. So that dropped unemployment from 3.7% to 3.5%. So it sounds like a good thing. Uh, more people are employed. But the problem here is that the, the means the Fed's not going to change their course. Um, so a lot more people are pointing at the fact that we're going to get another 75 basis point hike versus uh, going down to a 50 and really anything that wouldn't be those uh, increased rate hikes, if we actually got one lower, uh, if we didn't have, uh, you know, another sustained long um, higher rate cycle, we would see the, the Fed slowing. I think the market would have uh, appreciated that. We would have seen that as a, uh, a slowdown or a, maybe a slight pivot. Even if we don't get a full rotation to the fact that we're going to lower rates, I think we're going to be a, a ways out on that. Probably, uh, maybe this time next year, we'll be talking about these rates actually coming down. They've said they want to get to that target rate, keep it stable for a while, make sure that uh, you know everything's kind of working itself out, and then eventually we will lower the rates. But we're not there yet, so. Um, I guess we got to ride this course out a little bit longer. And the things that we saw on Monday and Tuesday from other banks and that uh, closed meeting with the Fed ultimately isn't enough to really get us there right now. But we are seeing some different numbers coming in that are showing that uh, what they're doing is working. And the, uh, the PMI numbers from Chicago and some of the different uh, labor and employment numbers 
one of the spikes on this labor report was the fact that we're getting a lot of more temporary jobs that are filling. Uh, for the holidays, it seems like everyone's trying to uh, really get the holiday season started earlier and earlier. It used to be after Thanksgiving to the middle of, of December, really. And now it seems like it starts in August. So I really don't know what that means if, uh, you know, when we come out of the holiday season, if these jobs are just going to fall off a cliff, if they're going to keep anyone on for a longer term. But uh, we've definitely seen some larger tech companies, uh, Google, Facebook, Apple, saying that they're trying to cut the workforce or that it is ultimately on the uh, the chopping block of things to get done uh, in order to maintain uh, their profit margins and, and everything else that's going on with these companies. But uh, yeah, so we've got, uh, what else we got? We've got Elon Musk agreeing to buy uh, Twitter for that $54.20 per share. And ultimately that court case, uh, court case got pushed back to let them work this deal out. Twitter is more on the uh, the side of, you know, keep the court case. We want to get this done. We don't want to have a stalling tactic from Elon. Uh, so it, it looks like for now the court case has been held off, but uh, we're going to see if he can actually get the funding or if the banks are still on board with the higher interest rates. It's going to cost them uh, millions of dollars to go ahead and go through with this this funding at uh, the current interest rate. So we'll see what happens there. We've also got the uh, the Tesla semi-trucks are going to be uh, in production and it looks like right now that uh, Pepsi is going to be the first customer. They ordered 100 of these back in 2017. And they were uh, told then it was going to be a 2019 delivery. Obviously, that didn't happen. And three years later, uh, it looks like these first 100 trucks are going to Pepsi. So we'll see if that actually happens. Uh, if they can keep that timeline, that would certainly be uh, a great thing. One for Tesla. Um, to actually have some some last sales for 2022, uh, especially with the price dropping based on some of the Twitter deal going on. It would certainly help there. Pepsi is still looking like a hold. If you are in it for that uh, defensive consumer staple spend, I definitely uh, like having a position in, in a stock like that. But uh, right now, it doesn't look like it's a screaming buy, according to uh, some different analysts. But uh, Still a good stock to own for the long term. We've also got uh, Ford coming out and upping the price on their F-150 Lightning. And uh, I believe the commercial model was starting right under 40039 I want to say it was. And now they're taking them up to $52,000, citing supply chain problems, uh, cost of goods are rising. I, I really just feel like it's... There's a lot of demand and they're going to run the price up uh, 27, 28% up higher from where it originally started is definitely no small slouch. That's not uh, one product or, or one piece of material being slightly higher. That's a, that's a significant, significant increase over where they started on this one. Uh, and you still got the other lines that are going to be more for uh, you know personal use that are well up above that. This is kind of the bare bones uh, work truck lightning that is about fifty two thousand at this point. So the other ones are still up in the eighties, nineties, and I think some of them even sticker above one hundred thousand. Uh, so there's a lot of different stuff going on there, and we're seeing Ford trying to adopt some of that Tesla model 
of selling direct to consumer, not having the uh, the storefront, kind of how the the automotive business has been for for ages. They're trying to adopt these different models in order to make a couple more dollars. So ultimately, we will see what happens there as well. And uh, yeah, OPEC. Let's talk OPEC while we're on EVs. Uh, you might have seen that uh, your gas prices at the pump have gone up this week. And a lot of that is in part with uh, this OPEC meeting that happened earlier this week. And uh, they agreed kind of amongst themselves that they are going to cut production uh, another 2 million barrels per day. And uh, we were already at a very, very low inventory. So this cut is probably not at the best of times for um for the oil, you know, industry here, but we've also got uh, some of these barrels aren't actually even being produced because barrels are so low. Some countries were already under these numbers. So we're saying we're cutting 2 million barrels a day, but uh, some countries aren't even producing as much as they were scheduled to produce. So truthfully, this is taking about 900,000 barrels off the market a day. And uh, definitely rising these gas prices very rapidly. I think we're up about 30 cents, uh, you know, here at home in uh, the matter of, I think, four or five days. So definitely something to pay attention to. I think uh, California prices on regular are pushing about 640 right now. Uh, here in Maryland, we are around 360-ish right now. So definitely uh, different where you are around the, uh, the country or around the globe for sure. But uh, def definitely something to take uh, notice of the fact that uh, crude prices are rising and oil prices, gas prices are rising as well going into the, the cold months when we're going to need oil and gas production a little bit more. Uh, now, we've got uh, some cannabis stocks on the run. I don't know if you guys saw that on uh, Wednesday. Uh, it was kind of quiet unless you were watching uh, what Biden said. He uh, was ordering the uh, Department of Justice and uh, HHS to review federal laws about uh, marijuana and kind of kick the ball and, you know, get the ball rolling on uh, some marijuana, marijuana uh, legalization, it almost seems. So some of these stocks rallied uh, 30, 40, 50 percent on some of this news on Wednesday. And uh, he's also looking to pardon some uh, people with past criminal charges. Uh, for simple possession of marijuana and pardon, I think, 4,000 uh, different inmates currently. And uh, so definitely these marijuana stocks took off and rallied pretty heavily on this news. It looks like a lot of them gave it back by uh, Friday, but definitely something to take note of. Uh, other stocks that uh, went the opposite way were uh, solar stocks. I was watching Enphase just get hammered on, uh, I believe, Thursday. And this one is uh, one that I had sold off around that $300 mark. I think between $298 and $305, I was selling this one. Uh, and I said, it's a great stock. However, it's run up way too much for me. And in about a year, I was doubled on this position. And I wanted to take a little bit off the table. It had gotten too large for... Uh, a speculative position for me. It was getting into that top 10 position. It's probably still there, but uh, I did go ahead and trim it uh, about 10%. Now, it had gotten down into the 240s on uh, Thursday. I believe it was Thursday. And 
there was it was not really much news out there. There was a lot of things after doing some digging saying there's a lot of institutional investors. Uh, 74% of the uh, the stock is owned by institutions. Vanguard owns 11% and uh, basically said that a, a lot of these different whales were more or less looking to take some gains, lock in some profits while these stocks were still high. And once one started, uh, it seems like everyone started pulling some profits out of this one to lock in those gains for the year. And I can't say that I blame them. I kind of did the same thing with some of my shares. And that was really just knowing that it ran up so fast and I didn't want it to be that large for me. For them, I think they have to show investors that, uh, hey, look, you know, we're managing your money. We found this one stock and it, it returned us 100%. So we started taking some cash out of it and finding other opportunities. Now, if this one gets down into the 220-ish range, I would probably look to add more. Uh, but I'm not chomping at the bit when it got down to 250, but ran back up to in the 260s pretty quickly. So I'll let this one settle. And ultimately, just pay attention to the fact that uh, some different large whale investors are looking to pull profits out of some of the different stocks that have held up this year, because there's very few that have actually done that. So definitely looking at that one. Uh, DraftKings. We've also had DraftKings run up this week on uh, some different news with Disney and ESPN. They're looking to license some of the, the uh, DraftKings name onto ESPN. So you're going to get live updates on uh, betting statistics when you're watching ESPN. You'll see that DraftKings uh, ticker along the bottom. That's really what they're looking to ink out in this deal. So it looks like DraftKings is going up on some of this news. Uh, a little bit more visibility having this partnership with ESPN and ultimately Disney is certainly beneficial to DraftKings to get their name out there. So that is definitely one that uh, us DraftKings shareholders are uh, kind of rejoicing in and the fact that we're getting some good news from this one and uh, ultimately gaining a little bit of traction out there. Uh, so next thing here, we got uh, Pfizer. They bought uh, Nurtech from Biohaven. Uh, Nurtech is a migraine drug that uh, has been doing really well for Biohaven. But Biohaven doesn't really have the resources to make it an international uh, powerhouse of a drug for uh, for migraines. So uh, they ended up selling their uh, the rights to Nurtech to Pfizer. Pfizer, in turn, bought 3% of Biohaven's company in order to have them uh, be a little bit more uh, well-funded to take on another drug in the uh, epilepsy space. So they're working on that. They're in phase one trials. Uh, I believe the ticker on Biohaven is BHVN. Don't quote me on that. But uh, they're working on this new epilepsy drug, and they are also backed by Pfizer. They've got uh, $250-some million in cash ready to deploy to make this drug a, uh, a real possibility and take it to the next phase. And then ultimately, if it does get big enough, they'd said that they would sell it off uh, possibly to Pfizer and have them take it larger than their reach. So they're more on that developmental side. Pfizer can get these drugs around the world. So that's definitely a decent partnership and uh, one that is definitely going to be helping a lot of different people with uh, these different drugs that they're making. And ultimately, uh, epilepsy drugs haven't really had uh, much of a, an update in about 10 years. 
So definitely one that uh, is a good space for them to find ways to do things that are, you know, not going to affect cognitive ability, this, that, the other, some of the different side effects that are on the epilepsy drugs currently. Um, so that's kind of what I got for you there. That's uh, kind of the, the week in a nutshell. Next week, we're looking at CPI. I know we got some other numbers coming out. And uh, yeah, I was really trying to do this in one take, see if I can't change up the the order of this uh, the show a little bit. But uh, with that being said, you know, we've got, uh, what do we got here? We've got uh, week 41. We are on currently for the investing challenge. And uh, we had five stocks this week that we were looking to vote from in order to buy one to add to our Webull portfolio on Monday. And uh, this week we had uh, five names. We've always got five names. We had Nike, uh, Alcoa, Disney, Zoetis, and Costco. Quick recap as to why these made it. Nike sold off on uh, some high inventory concerns, and uh, they cut their stock price in half over the last year. So I thought, you know, it, with some of these uh, concerns being a little bit overblown and similar to what happened to Walmart and uh, Target, I thought maybe this would be a good one to get into uh, as we approach the holiday season, even though their inventory levels have spiked. Alcoa, uh, an aluminum manufacturer, thought here is we're going to need more metals. Uh, we've got uh, use cases rising in EVs and automotives and solar panels. The frames are normally made out of aluminum. Uh, a lot of different use cases that are kind of on the rise. We've also got a ban, a potential ban coming to the London Metal Exchange on Russian metals. And uh, Alcoa could fill that void as well. So that was a, uh, a reason for Alcoa. Disney, the thought was even if we get into a recession, Disney's got some different growth drivers that uh, are going to continue to produce. Um, looking at the park, well, the parks business might be tougher in a recession, but the Disney Plus and movies and merchandise are still going to be, you know, big sellers. Plus, I think if people are going, you know, they've always wanted to take their kids to Disney. I don't necessarily know that that's going to go by the wayside, uh, you know, just from the standpoint of it's that family travel and, uh, you know, maybe a lifelong goal for some people to take their kids to Disney. So that one made it there. Zoetis, similar uh, similar to Disney in a way. The fact that uh, people are going to continue to spend on their pets, on their pets' wellness. This one's going to be in the vaccines and medical space for uh, animals. Plus, uh, they just uh, purchased a company, I believe it was Jurox, that uh, is focused on animal and livestock companion uh, pet products as well. Uh, no love for Zoetis this week, but that's okay. But uh, Costco, uh, one that never goes on sale and uh, one that's always seemed to have everything right. Their management has been uh, kind of firing on all cylinders, which uh, I guess that uh, quote or that phrase will be outdated here in a short amount of time when we don't have any more cylinders to fire on. Uh, so we've got uh, Costco actually was the winner this week. We've got uh, 38% of the votes went to Costco. And uh, if you want to vote on these, get over to Let It Grow Investing on Facebook, join the groups, join the conversation, and get your uh, your weekly votes in. We've got uh, 11 weeks left. We're already into you know that final stretch here. So Costco won. I will be buying that one Monday. 
be putting $200 of my own money into this Webull account in order to get it going for the uh, the rest of the year and ultimately uh, try to outpace the S&P 500. Last time I checked, we were about 6% higher than what the S&P 500 was returning for the year. So thank you guys for following along. Thank you for voting. And uh, ultimately, if you've been playing along as well, uh, hopefully this is uh, serving you okay. I know it's uh, it's kind of painful out there. Well, definitely painful out there. But uh, hopefully we do set ourselves up for some long-term gains. This is not a, uh, a sprint. This is definitely a marathon. So hopefully that uh, that's working for you. And uh, yeah, currently we are down. And I'm sure you guys, if you've been following along, you know we're down. Uh, kind of hard to look at the stock market this year and not be down. But uh, we have about 18.5%. We are currently down on this portfolio from the start of the year till today. And uh, that's through buying some of the peaks and some of the, the deep dips that we've had. We've only got five stocks that are in the green right now. Uh, Starbucks, Lowe's, Devon Energy, Disney, and Amazon are still in the green. Uh, American Express that we added just this Monday, down 0.05%. So not much of a loss there. Uh, then when I scroll down, we've got, uh, what do we got? We've got... NVIDIA being one of the biggest losers, down 60%. Shopify being down 70%. Ford down 37%. Ethereum's down 39.7% since we added. I uh, believe we did two buys on that one. And uh, yeah, those are definitely some painful losses. So uh, that uh, accounts for that 18% drop that we've got. But uh, when I was looking earlier this week, when we were... Uh, in the green on Monday and Tuesday, we were down about 15%. S&P was down 21%. So definitely a, a better situation than that. Some of our buys probably could have been a little bit better. Um, some of them we just bought and then they just precipitously just kept falling. So definitely painful on those. But uh, with that being said, we've got uh, we've got five stocks for this week. And uh, let's go ahead and, and run through some of these here. And uh, you know what? I think I'm going to take a sip of coffee here. So I'm going to pull up uh, my E-Trade. We're going to take a look at uh, the five names for this week. And uh, where are we at here? Okay, we've got uh, first one is General Mills. And uh, again, consumer staple, if we're going to have a longer uh, path to get out of this recession, and ultimately we got a little bit more pain, uh, General Mills has been doing pretty well. I believe they just had a decent quarter. I want to say a, a 10% growth, I think I heard. But uh, they've also got uh, a big run on some of their pet products. So they do own Blue Buffalo. And that line has been doing well for them as well. And uh, currently about a 2.8% dividend. Trading at a, a PE of a 15.7. So right in the middle I believe the overall S&P is trading around a 15.8 PE right now, which is uh, down from about uh, 18, 18 and a half that it was trading at earlier this year. So we're definitely getting some of the, those uh, PE corrections coming through the whole market. So it's not just any one name. It's definitely all of them as a whole. And uh, why am I having a hard time pulling up analyst research here? It says I can't do it. Don't know why. Um, yeah, but 
I know there wasn't much upside on this one when I looked at it, but uh, it definitely is a safer name. You've got uh, you got the food business, you've got the pet business, you got a lot of different things going on with General Mills. So this one is definitely a safer stock this week. This is going to be uh, kind of tried and true, but uh, definitely one that I think could work well for us going forward uh, would be Honeywell. And that is uh, ticker H-O-N. I'm going to try to pull up uh, maybe tip ranks and see if I can't get the analyst research if E-Trade is not working. And E-Trade actually is working now. Okay. So currently we're trading at 171. Uh, on the analyst price target side, we've got 17.76% uh, of upside. And uh, so that brings us an average price target at 201. Now, my thought here is that a lot of the industrials have been kind of punished. Honeywell is a premium operator. They've got a lot of different things going for them. Uh, they're in a lot of different segments, uh, building technologies, aerospace, performance materials and tech, and safety and productive uh, productivity solutions. So they got a lot of different areas of driving business. They've been selling off businesses that don't make them the money that they need to, and they're always looking for different ways to acquire new companies that are going to make them money. And uh, like I said, it's out of favor right now. But uh, if we really want to play this trend of trying to accumulate some of these stocks that are on sale and uh, ultimately some of the ones that are out of favor, when they're out of favor and not let the, the market run back up too far, uh, this could be a good one to purchase. It is trading near the, uh, the 52 week low. It's at 171. The low is 166. And it was 228 back in November. So we're definitely near that low. And uh, definitely one that could come back with uh, maybe two red days that we could get back to these low numbers. So uh, one that uh, I think is a premium operator. It uh, certainly can have a, a turnaround story. And uh, one that I think is going to serve us well. You're also getting about a 2.3% dividend on this going forward. And uh, yeah, then the next one kind of ties back into some of the news from this week. And that was on that Biden news about uh, looking into or having the DOJ and HHS look into whether or not marijuana should be classified as a tier one uh, narcotic, uh, similar to, you know, heroin and some other, you know, heavy, heavy drugs that are out there. And uh, so a lot of the thought here is that um, if the government is going to go this route of uh, legalizing marijuana, maybe we want to be there when some of that uh, kind of rotates in our favor. So I was looking at a lot of different names. I was looking at Tilray. I was looking at Planet 13. Uh, a lot of them just really didn't seem to be as stable as what I wanted. Uh, so the one that I went with, and I think we went with this one before, is IIPR. Innovative Industrial Properties, it is a REIT that is going to pay you 7.5% for holding this one. Um, now, this one, they own real estate that they're going to have grow operations, inventory operations for the marijuana space. And uh, when I'm looking at uh, the analyst price targets, there is 74% of upside on this for an average price target of 158.83 from 91. Now, remind you, it's also giving you a 7.5% dividend. So this is certainly one that uh, is in a lot of the, the kind of right place, right time 
Uh, warehouse demand is definitely up, uh, especially with rising inventories and uh, people doing more online shopping and just needing more goods around, you know, individual hubs all the time. Even if the uh, the marijuana play didn't work, they still have all this real estate to back up these properties. So you're getting, uh, I think, a lot of value here. It's trading at an 18.9 PE. I don't have the the funds from operations here on this sheet, but uh, definitely one to take a look at and look at some of the different opportunities that are presenting themselves from some of the government uh, regulations and oversight that we're looking at currently. So that was kind of my choice here was going with one that uh, owns some real estate and ultimately is going to pay us while we wait to see what the government's going to do. So IIPR, Innovative Industrial Properties, is number three this week. Number four, um, I don't even know that I got into this. We were uh, talking about uh, defense contractors being one that could be a very sound play going forward here. There's been a lot of demand on, um, you know, all the different wars that are going on, all the different problems that are out there. And one that I really think could serve us well going forward is going to be L3 Harris. Now, I talked a little while back about the fact that they were buying uh, Viasat, and they're also looking to just kind of find some different ways to make more money. And uh, incorporating with Viasat definitely is a, another way for them to to find another branch uh, to pull on if they need to to find another way to make some more money. So uh, L3 Harris has been doing pretty well for me. They currently are sitting at 224. Uh, average price target from eight analysts is 278.50. So about 24% of upside. And uh, currently we are trading at 22 times earnings with a beta of 0.6. So the the PE is a little bit high. I know earlier this year we were looking at uh, some defense stocks and uh, I believe the ETF, I'm trying to find it right now. Uh, it was a, a defense ETF. It was an iShares ETF, if, yeah, ITA. ITA is down 1% on the year when some of these other indexes and ETFs have been punished, you know, about 20, 30, 40% even. So I was looking at that thinking, you know, we could go ahead and pick that name again. We could go with ITA to, to try to capitalize on some of that defense spending that's out there. There's a lot of it going on and uh, it doesn't seem like it's going to quit with uh, some of the war kind of escalating in the last week. And uh, I kind of thought, you know, should we do that or should we go ahead and pick a single name? And uh, when I was really looking, uh, LHX buying some of the uh, the Viasat and having that merger, uh, some of the price targets were a little bit higher. Some of the, the um, dividends were higher versus some of their competition. And uh, I kind of like where they're positioned right now. So I went ahead and picked LHX for uh, week 42, and this is uh, name number four. So one that I think can do us uh, a good job going forward, one that should certainly stand up to uh, some of the different climate right now and the fact that people are still going to need defense spending. Uh, even with a recession, that spending is not going away. We've seen it before. Com- uh, countries will go uh, broke or borrow or do whatever they have to do in order to uh, protect their their citizens. So uh, LHX should be a good play despite any type of recession as well. 
and uh, one that I think we're also going to need to rebuild a lot of the stockpile of uh, weapons and defenses that we've either used or given away, given to Ukraine, things like that, in order to uh, keep ourselves protected as well. So LHX number four for week 42. And then number five is, uh, is a name. You, you probably heard of it. It is uh, going to be McDonald's. So that ticker is MCD. And uh, just a recession-proof stock. That's really what I was looking at here. I think they are, they're trading down. Uh, we're currently at 233. The, uh, the high for the year is 271. We did get down to about 217 back in March. But uh, one that is trading a little bit lower. And uh, as far as the stock price, their, their PE is trading at about a 29, beta of about 0.5, dividend about 2.35, and uh, one that should do really well into a, into a recession. Uh, we've got a lot of demand for lower price goods right now. That is uh, right in the lane and right in the wheelhouse of McDonald's. So I'm really looking at this one as a another safer play. If you are looking to build up a position into a, uh, a great long-term play like McDonald's, this is a bit of a pullback on that stock price and one that I think we can uh, buy into some of this weakness. And uh, again, one that's actually held up pretty decently over the year. Uh, you know, back in January, where were we? Uh, on January 11th, we were at 213. So even with this... Uh, yeah, why is it saying that? Oh no, that's that's twenty one. Okay, never mind. Um, let's fast forward here. We were at two fifty in uh, in January of this year. I'm looking at a five year chart. I thought it was a one year chart, but uh, yeah, so definitely pulled back a little bit from there. We are still off some of those lows from back in March, though. Uh, so one that has uh, pulled back, we don't normally get too many massive pullbacks in this uh, in this company. So one that I thought could be a good reason to uh, accumulate under some of this, uh, this little bit of volatility that they're seeing. So that's what I got for you guys. Uh, we've got uh, General Mills, Honeywell, uh, GIS is General Mills, HON for Honeywell, IIPR for Innovative Industrial Properties. And uh, L3 Harris is going to be LHX uh, and then McDonald's MCD. So those are the five names that I got for you guys this week. Uh, I definitely do appreciate you getting over there to let it grow investing and voting. Vote for these names. Vote for what you want to see us add to the Weeble portfolio. I am not at all concerned about your level of expertise in investing. Uh, I am fine with any of these five names. That's why I pick them and then let you guys uh kind of battle it out on that poll as to what we're going to be spending that $200 on and uh, really hoping that uh, we can continue to outperform the S&P 500. So thank you guys for playing along. Uh, and if you could go ahead and subscribe and share, it does mean the world to me to try to build out a uh, community of like-minded investors, really just out here trying to uh, share some different news, share some different knowledge that I kind of come across. Uh, friendly reminder, I am not a professional at this. This is more of a a hobby and uh, something that I'm very passionate about in, in order to uh, you know make my uh, portfolio do a little bit better in the long run. Certainly been hurting here uh, in the last few months, but uh, 
overall, I'll, I'll take it as a win. Good way to stash some money, earn some uh, some dividends, and hopefully be able to retire before uh, you know the government says I'm supposed to. So with that all being said, um, thank you guys for stopping by, and I will catch you in the next one. Take care.